books for 2023 are officially fully closed. Thank you to everyone that I've met with already, and I can't wait to meet with the rest of the bookings throughout the remainder of the year. If you miss this round of bookings, don't fret. I'll be opening my books January 1st of 2024, and we'll pretty much do some type of quarterly, roundly bookings (laughs) throughout the year. If you've been itching to meet with me, trust me, it's going to happen soon. All of my other services are in stock, though. I have poems and tarot readings available all throughout the year. So anytime you need guidance or counsel from the tarot, feel free to order a reading. Also, my astrological poems would make a great holiday gift for the astrology lover in your life. So consider that as a unique and special holiday gift this year. A big thank you to all my patrons, just because I appreciate their continued support, their chats in the Discord, and that they actually care to read my horoscopes and retrograde guides. If you want to support my work and read my horoscopes and retrograde guides and just have access to the full moon reminders and all of the other things that I do outside of the podcast that are resources for the patrons, then consider becoming a patron of my work. It's because of them that I can keep this podcast out from behind paywalls and prevent the bludgeoning of your eardrums against mattress and vitamin ads. So if you haven't thanked my patrons today, please do so. Today's episode is one that I personally have been waiting for. If you've listened to the podcast from the very beginning or even listened to that first cringy episode where I sound like an excited baby squirrel, then you'll know that I've mentioned my love of palmistry. In fact, I actually got my spirituality start in the world of palmistry. Spoiler alert, astrology wasn't my gateway. Tarot wasn't my gateway. Palmistry was actually my spiritual drug of choice. It was my first love and it's always going to be my favorite tool for divination. So today we're going to begin talking about palmistry, what it is, how we can use it, the astrological correlations, and why it's one of the best divination tools in my humble opinion. As a Gemini Mars, hands have always been important to me. I remember looking at people's hands from a really young age. I would note the differences in fingernail shape, fingernail length, the palm size. And I started to gather information about someone just based off of their hands. Now, I had no idea at the time that I was actually already practicing the art of palmistry. Hands were so important to me that I actually wouldn't date someone if I didn't like their hands. Hands were and still are one of the best indicators of fate, personality, and overall character in my opinion. Without even doing a proper reading of palms, I can pretty much tell everything I need to know just from someone's hands. It's a really weird thing. I'll admit that. That's a very strange statement to say. And it's like, oh, if I've seen you, I've seen your hands. That's just one of my things. Some people are mediums. Some people see spirits. Some people are conduits for gods. Me, I stare at your hands. So let's talk about palmistry by first asking the question, what is it? Now, Google's definition of palmistry is the art or practice of supposedly interpreting a person's character or predicting their future by examining the lines and other features of the hand, especially the palms and fingers. Now, that's not too bad. But my definition of palmistry is the art of interpreting a person's fate and psychological framework through the composition of the hand. I'd like to think my definition is a little less woo and also a little less like skeptical than Google's. As palmistry is both an art and a practice science, it's much like astrology where you can know the very basics and you can get that sort of like pop astrology if there's like pop palmistry meanings. 
Though once you start understanding the intricacies of the system, it becomes a lot more rich and complex. And I think that's with most divination tools. Even tarot has its kind of pop significations or its pop, you know, the popular things about it that you just learn. And that doesn't mean they're not true. It just means that they're a little watered down or that they're just a very beginner type signification. Palmistry or chiromancy, which is the proper term, is about uncovering and interpreting the fate and the psychological framework of a person through the structure of their hands. That includes fingers, dexterity, palms, mounts, fingernails, markings, lines, shapes, colors, and even the sensation you feel when you touch a hand. Is it rough? Is it soft? Is it smooth? Is it callous? It's a very tactile form of divination. It requires practice with a lot of hands and taking note of the hands you encounter and the qualities of the people attached to them. You can see astrological correlations to the seven traditional planets, and more often than not, the prominent placements in someone's birth chart match up with the prominent planets in the hand. So just like with astrology, you can see someone's fate but also the framework of their psyche because they all carry it within the palm of their hand. Everything is contained within the hand. And I think because I got my start in palmistry, traditional astrology probably made the most sense to me because it's not like I can see Pluto in the hand. I can't see Neptune or Uranus. And I have recently, my, my clients that I've met with will see that I've been trying to include those a little more. So I'm not excluding the modern people because I do think there is a place for that. But I still very, I'm very much traditionally rooted. And I think it's because of the astrological correlations within chiromancy versus the modern significations of astrology. Now, when I say the word chiromancy, I hope some of your ears perked up and thought of Chiron, the wounded healer. The prefix chiro or kir means hand. So Chiron essentially stands for the healing hand or being skilled with hands. Chiron was also known for being an extremely skilled healer and surgeon. So this etymology is one of my personal favorites as well. I do prefer Chiromancy because it gives it a little nod to Chiron. So you'll probably hear me use that term a lot more throughout the rest of the episode when I talk about palmistry in general. Just know that Chiro, Chiromancy, Chirologist, all of that just means palm, palmistry, palmology. (laughs) Now that we understand what chiromancy is at the very basic level, let's talk about some background and history. Historically speaking, chiromancy likely has its origins in India. There's textual reference to reading palms in India that date roughly over 4,000 years ago. The ancient Indian Vedas, which is like this massive collection of really ancient religious texts, makes mention of reading palms, which means it's definitely an old ass form of divination. I mean, think about it. Our hands are intrinsic to us. like They're literally attached to our body. And if people were looking for answers, it's, it's an easy thing to gravitate towards. You always just kind of like look at your hands and you're like, okay, well, what does this mean? I have this thing. What does it mean? And once we see all that the hand holds, it's really kind of hard to unsee that. Monks were warned against reading palms for money, which indicates that chiromancy was an early divinatory profession. Because if you're like, hey, monk, don't read that for money, that means somebody else is reading it for money. So we can tell that this was definitely a profession at some point in time. As the art of reading palms spread, it became a healing science in China. 
Different parts of the world ended up using chiromancy in different ways. Spiritual beliefs and religious tones all played a part in what palm reading meant to various regions of the world. In many parts of the world, emperors and kings would use their fingerprints or handprint as a way to sign official documents, which I think is another great example of the importance and the power of the hand itself. Even Aristotle, who was more of the concrete and logical-minded school of philosophy, believed that various parts of the body could reveal much about a person's inner character. There's this interesting bit of lore, including Aristotle, that talks about him finding a book about chiromancy on an altar in Egypt that was dedicated to Hermes. He was then said to send this book to his student, Alexander the Great, who then he, Alexander the Great, apparently picked up this grand interest in the art of palmistry. The history of chiromancy is a little shrouded and not as well documented as other arts. There were a lot of texts lost throughout history, and actually a lot of them ended up being locked away in the Vatican along with a ton of astrological texts. It was the Romani people who kept the tradition alive throughout Europe when the Christian church opposed all forms of divination. Without getting too in-depth to history, because it's not really my favorite subject, I do give a lot of historical context and background because I think it's important, but it's not my favorite thing. But basically, chiromancy likely has its official origins in India, and it spread across the world where people used it in various ways until it evolved into the well-practiced art we know today. Even though the official origins were in India, I believe people were probably looking at their hands and understanding their innate power within them long before it became an official divinatory or healing tool. Okay, enough history. How can we use the art and practice of chiromancy in the here and now? Chiromancy can be used just like any other divinatory or healing art. I think it's very similar to astrology, which again is probably why the jump from reading palms to astrology felt so natural for me. They both hold similar information, just packaged extremely differently. As much as I love astrology, I do think chirology is a bit more in-depth and personal, mainly because it's literally contained within a physical part of us that we always use and carry around every day. We always use our hands, but we rarely think of how important they are until something happens to them. We can use chiromancy to determine our fate, look at how we're developing as a human, how life experiences have shaped us and as an overall mirror into the psyche. We can't hide what's in our hands. Criminals will burn or grind off their fingerprints to try and erase the traces that their hands leave behind. The hand is a mirror for the unconscious world, the inner world, the lunar world. When we have something that impacts us on an unconscious level, it can be seen in the hand. Our two hands will ever rarely look the same. In chiromancy, both hands are used to divine. The dominant hand is used for the majority of the divination. It tells everything the person has experienced and how those experiences have shaped them from the initial, the lot in life that they were given. The non-dominant hand is considered the initial state of being. This is what we're born with. And then as life unfolds and we encounter fate, the dominant hand shows the changes in what we've done with what we've been given. Now, I know you ambidextrous people are thinking you have one over me, but you don't. I would simply read the hands according to what activities you use each hand for. For instance, if you eat with your left, but hold your pencil with your right, I would know which parts to look at for each palm for the different areas of your life. 
Usually if the the hand that you hold your pencil in or you do your writing with, that's the one that I'm going to look for mercury, where I'm going to look for your creative or your intellectual abilities. So ambidextrous people, yes, you are a little bit harder to read, but it can still be done. My favorite part about reading hands is that they're so unique, but also that people can't hide from their hands. Again, the only time changes occur in a hand is when the inner world has truly shifted. You can't force your hand. And right there, that's a phrase about hands, forcing someone's hand. You can't force a hand to be something it's not. So literally, all of our fate and secrets and desires and obstacles and accomplishments are held within these things we just have attached to us. It's really wild for me to think about. If someone says to me, oh, I've changed in this way, or oh, I've done this, or oh, I'm like this, I'm like, let me see, let me see the hand. Like the, like the proof is in the hand, essentially, for me, because if you're saying you've changed yourself or you've experienced something on a deep fundamental level, your hand will reflect that. Which since I let that phrase about hand slip, let's name some more. I don't think we realize how much we as humans focus on our hands. So getting out of hand, having your hands full, trying your hand at something, wash your hands of something. My hands are tied, second hand, in good hands, take matters into your own hands. On the other hand, and I'm sure you could yourself think of a bunch of them right now. Reading hands is unique to humans because we're really the only species that has hands the way we do and uses them in the manner that we do. The thumb really changed the game for us. In chiromancy, the thumb is actually really important and tells us a lot on its own. You read it as its own thing. And without going into too much here, it tells you about your will, capital W, logic, and emotion. The size and location of the thumb and even every finger needs to be taken into account when reading a hand. There's so much more than just the lines. And that's what I was getting at about kind of the pop significations of palmistry is like, oh, look at this line, the lifeline. How long am I going to live? No, that's not how we do this here. And that's why we're going to learn from the ground up. So yeah, you even have to read the thumb, (laughs) which I think is kind of funny that you have to read the thumb. I'll be making episodes for each separate portion of the hand, so the thumb will be its own episode in itself. But let's move on to how astrology plays a role in chiromancy. You've probably heard of the headline, the heart line in chiromancy, but what about the line of Saturn, Apollo, or Mercury? Those lines exist too, and for the people who have them, they play an important role. That's another thing. Not everyone will have the same lines or the same shape or even... Just again, the same lines. I might have a line that you don't. You might have a line that I don't. It's not like in astrology how everyone has a Mercury placement. Some people have very scarcely marked hands and then some look like chicken scratch. Regardless of which you have, it's my job as the chiromancer to find the realm of Mercury within the hand, even if it's hidden. I could see somebody's hand with their astrology being a retrograde mercury or a mercury that's under the beams and not having a very prominent mercury in their hand. And again, those are things that come with time and practice and really looking at astrological charts and hands at the same time to figure those things out. Chiromancy is not an overnight thing. So if this is very confusing for you at first, you are on the right track. The bigger astrological correlation comes from the parts of the hands known as the mounts. The mounts of your hand are the fleshy little mounds. Like, look at your hands right now. I can almost be certain that your palm is not completely flat. I mean, maybe if you have all retrograde planets, 
I mean, the moon can't be retrograde and the sun isn't. But if, you know, I guess it could be, but I highly doubt it. You might think it is, but I promise it's not. Each traditional planet has a mount on the palm. Jupiter, Saturn, Apollo, the sun, Mercury, upper Mars, lower Mars, Luna, the moon, and Venus. Those are all mounts within the palm. The strongest mounts correlate to the strongest part of the fate or the psyche. These mounts also correlate to uh, archetypal energy, which is why the psyche and mythos can be involved in our interpretation of them. We can get a lot of information from just looking at the height and the fullness of a mount. I could do a reading just on mounts and give you so much. It would almost be kind of like a mini birth reading. But there's also basic modifiers or markings that change how we interpret the mount. And this is why we're going to start slow and just begin with understanding the mounts and lines in their purest form before we begin adding a bunch of other pieces. Along with astrological mounts, we also have astrological fingers. Jupiter, Saturn, the Sun, and Mercury all have a finger associated with the hand. Mars and Venus, a little more so Mars, is said to be associated with the thumb. It's amazing to be able to compare your natal astrology to your hand once you begin to understand a bit more of the information within your own palm. And if you are going to follow along with this, I really recommend you kind of learn it and see side by side like, okay, I have a really strong Jupiter. What does my mount of Jupiter look like? It's really fun to kind of see it within your own hand. Over the next few episodes, we're going to be breaking down everything in the palm. It can be really overwhelming to learn about chiromancy, so I want to make these episodes as concise and bite-sized as possible. I really also want you to be looking at your own hand and even the hands of others with consent when you're listening to these episodes. We're going to be going over lines, mounts, modifiers, markings, flexibility, colors, hair, shape, sizes, fingernails, fingernail length, the thumb, literally everything on your hand plays some sort of role which again, can be really overwhelming when you're looking at everything all at once. So I'm going to try to break it down in a way that we can layer it one by one, like a beautiful palmistry cake. We'll start with the biggest stuff first. Actually, the, <laughs> I just got this image of like a hand cake in my mind. And it was like the most disgusting, like American horror story thing I've ever seen. So just get rid of that in your mind. It's just going to be like a normal cake, not a hand cake. <laughs> We'll start with the biggest stuff first, and then we're going to work our way into the minutia of it all, but it's not going to look like a hand cake, I promise. I'm super excited to begin this journey because this is where my actual heart resides in a divination sense. My natal Chiron is in the 10th house, and my Gemini Mars is in the 9th house, so it feels like chiromancy is a huge part of my calling. I've actually offered palm reading services in the past. So I'm thinking how to revamp those and do it in a virtual way that allows for more interaction and discussion. So be, you know, TBD on that. We'll get to that. If you want more astrological content before the next episode, consider signing up to become a patron of my work. I've got exclusive blog content, monthly horoscopes, retrograde guides, and a discord waiting for you to join. You could also leave a super beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful review on Spotify or iTunes, which I would be eternally grateful for. Head on over to my website, check it all out, and thank you in advance for supporting me. I'll see all you babes later.